Hello again and welcome to Rasslin Memories on Pioneer 90.1 FM KSRQ. We're also available online so you can hear us beyond the FM dial at radionorthland.org. And if you miss us, if you're listening live or if you've been just missed out for whatever reason, you can check out the archives of Rasslin Memories at radionorthland.org. They're there. They're over six years and they're some of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time and some new stars as well. So you can check that out at RadioNorthland.org. And we're available via the TuneIn Radio app. Glenn Brockett with you once again here on Rasslin' Memories. Riding it solo, but I have a great guest. And this man, oh man, you want to talk about one of the uh, members of one of the great uh, tag teams of all time. He was one half of the legendary tag team, the Fantastics. He's worked with, uh, of course, Tommy Rogers and uh, later with uh, his brother Jackie Fulton. Uh, he has spent many yeah. years in the pro wrestling business, over 41 years in the business. Now for 1977, it's going to be uh, here 41 years. I cannot believe it. Also, I'm having trouble believing that it's uh, going to be here at the end of the month on May 26th in Circleville, Ohio at the fairgrounds uh, over in Circleville area. Area. This man is going to be uh, calling it a career in the pro wrestling ring. He's going to be hanging it up. He's with us to tell us more about this upcoming show, give us uh, the reasons for why he's hanging up the boots, and also share with us uh, many memories of his uh, over 40 years in the pro wrestling career, in the pro wrestling business, pardon me, his wonderful career. It's very nice to welcome back uh, for his third appearance on Wrestling Memories, and this time it really, really means something. Uh, Mr. Bobby Fulton. Uh, Bobby, thank you so much for taking a, a little bit out of your busy schedule on the road to your retirement match here. Boy, this big event has got to be uh, draining. Listen, I am pumped up. I'm excited. You said it. If I would have stayed in the business until June the 17th, it would have been 40, marking 41 years in professional wrestling. I'm I'm stepping out May the 26th, and uh, it'll be my last time I get inside the squared circle. You know, as it gets closer, I'm thinking about it'll be the last time my name's announced in a professional wrestling ring now. I've been doing it since I was 16 years old, and I'm 57. I'm geared up, and I'm excited about it. That My opponent is going to be the son of Flying Fred, the grandson of the late great Wild Bull Curry. Nick Kid Curry is going to be my opponent on that night. This guy is a national uh, grappling champion, and he is a great college and collegiate and high school wrestling champion. And he's going to make his mark in professional wrestling. It's my way of reaching back as Flying Fred Curry helped me in my career. When I started, I wrestled him and Wild Bull Curry many times. But not only that, I faced uh, Flying Fred Curry and ended up uh, wrestling uh, Flying Fred many times. But this is going to be my time to uh, look back at my career from the start and face Nick Kid Curry. It's going to be an action packed evening from go to woe not only that it's not only just an evening but it's a festival of sorts because we've got a fan fest in which a lot of guys that i've wrestled through my career is coming out to circleville ohio on may the 26th guys like the man with the hands of stone ronnie garvin also uh big jim lancaster who uh wrestled uh and i wrestled earlier in my career uh james painter to those on the social media scene uh a guy that not only wrestled, but he also managed the bounty hunters and was in many of the territories throughout the country. He's going to be there for, for the Fan Fest uh, Demolition Axe. Bill Eady, better known the world over 
as uh, Demolition Axe and, of course, the Mass Superstar is going to be. We're going to have J.J. Dillon there, who managed some of the greatest wrestling teams. None of that was a great wrestler in his own right. It's a big, big event for us, sir, and I'm just glad that we can get out here on your on your program and, and tell the folks about this event. Flying Fred Curry is going to be there, not only professional wrestlers, but we've got a major league, former major league ball player that played for the 71 Pittsburgh Pirates and is a great, outstanding, I'm sure, future Hall of Famer. Al Scoop Oliver is going to be there doing a meet and greet with the fans. So not only going to get a chance to meet and see a lot of the wrestling wrestlers during the Fan Fest, but that night, that evening, they're going to get a chance to see ACW's franchise, Shane Douglas, face uh, Pitbull Gary Wolf in some ECW's unfinished business. As everyone knows, the franchise not only broke his neck, but when he came in the ring with a harness on, he tried to re-break his neck. And Shane Douglas has said there's nothing like breaking it for a third time. And and uh, the action's always wild and woolly at World Classic Professional Big Time Wrestling. The It's wrestling as you liked it from days gone by, and we're excited about the fans that's coming out and people are traveling from all over the country to be in Circleville on May the 26th. And it's, and it's an event I'm not going to take lightly. Now, I've wrestled in the, the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, at Texas Stadium in the Budokan in uh, Tokyo, Japan, and major arenas throughout this world in Israel and Australia. But on Saturday, May the 26th, it's going to be epic proportions because it's going to be my final time I step into the ring. And like I said, uh, it's going to be a great, great celebration. Uh, and we're just looking forward to this big, big event that uh, plan, fans still have plans that are, that are coming, like I said, from Michigan, all over the country, all roads. The eyes of the wrestling world are going to be in Circleville, Ohio. And I'm excited about that event, sir. I, I, I'm sorry to keep talking, but I'm, a, I'm excited. I'm pumped up about it. And uh, I just can't wait for May the 26th to get here. And, you know, you had to make that decision to hang up, the, hang up your tights here. And what, what, what really uh, kind of got you to, to, to make this, that decision? I mean, it's never an easy one. And, and, and a lot of wrestlers have, have dealt with it off and on for many years, some still uh, for the better or for worse. But what really uh, made you decide that, hey, I'm going to get out of the ring. I'm going to make this thing happen right before I celebrate 41 years in, in the ring. What, what, was the, what, what, what was the thinking behind just kind of putting it to, to, putting it to, to pass here, your, your career? Because I can still walk, and I can still stand up. And there's days in which that's difficult, and I'm doing it while I can still, while I still have my physical being that I have. And you have to realize sometimes when it's time to call it quits. And I have been battling uh, health pro- health issues as far as not heart problems or things like that, but just, just I'm 57. I've been in the ring for years. I took a tremendous beating, and whenever, whenever I was hit with a chair, it was for real, and it was hard, and uh, the br- brutal beatings that I've taken over the years, I just had to say, hey, there's going to be life after this, and I'm going to get out while the getting's good, and that's why I decided to do this, because I want to be able to walk and I want to be able to stand upright. 
and uh, it's a good getting off place. I have nothing left to prove. I've been blessed beyond all measure as a young little boy growing up in Chillicothe, Ohio, and watching wrestling on television. I went farther. God has blessed me to go farther than I ever would have begun to think. Bless me with a wonderful tag team partner in Tommy Rogers. As you said later on, my brother Jackie, George Hines, Jackie Fulton, and then last but not least, my son Fargo Dillon, who we wrestled our last match. April the 21st was the last time the Fantastics ever stepped into the wrestling ring. It's almost to me equivalent, and I say this, and I'm not being mean or nothing, but it's equivalent to the fabulous Kangaroos and Al Costello and all those guys. They, uh, those guys traveled all over the world, wrestled as a great tag team. There was different variations from Al Costello, Roy Hefferman. Of course, later on, Don Kent became uh, one of the fabulous Kangaroos, and then later on there was different variations. As a matter of fact, Mickey Doyle and I think Al Snow was one of the incarnations with uh, Kangaroo Al Costello as their manager. But this is a good part for me to get off. When I'm still healthy, I want to get into the gym. I want to train. I want to live a good life, not one in constant, constant pain. And a lot of people don't understand it. They throw the word around fake a lot. But, man, I'm going to tell you something. When you hit the ground, there ain't nothing fake about that. And when you're thrown about and when you've, been, when, you've been, when you've done that for as many years as I've done it, you got to be smart enough to say, hey, listen, I want to live a quality life. I don't want to do it till, till, till I'm in a wheelchair. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And that's, that's, that's the road. I've never had any serious surgeries as far as knee surgeries, hip surgeries. All my problems have been uh, my neck, my back, my vision, and stuff like that, and, uh, and my shoulders. But as far as running and knees and stuff like that, God blessed me. But a lot of my, uh, you know, a lot of people that was in the wrestling business, they, they've got hip replacements and knee replacements and stuff like that. Mine's fine. Mine's from the, mine's from the shoulders up. My damage has been done. But I, I, I'm living with it, and I'm fine with it, because you know why, sir? I did what I loved doing. That was being a professional wrestler, traveling the world, getting a chance to meet all the great wrestling fans, in which I am still one today. And not only that, facing some of wrestling's greatest wrestlers. And uh, like I said, it's just a good place to get off. And uh, I'm still going to be involved in wrestling as far as promotions, my son and I. Uh, have a very successful wrestling company in Ohio, and not only that, booking stars and stuff like that and everything. So uh, it's been a great, great run. I've had a great time. I've met a lot of great people, and like you, as a matter of fact, it's my third time being on the show. And uh, I'm just excited about what's going to take place May the 26th. Like I said, the eyes of the wrestling world is on Circleville, Ohio. We're getting so much uh, so many people talking about it and this and that and everything. We're excited about uh, what's going to happen there. And we've got Abyss and, uh, and, and the Monster Abyss, TNA Impact Monster Abyss is going to be there in a Monsters Ball match against the Barbarian from WWE, WCW, and all this and that. So we are so excited about everything 
You want to talk about the Barbarian? How, how, how far back does it go with you with you and the Barbarian? I mean, that guy is still, I see pictures of him today. He don't look like anybody you want to mess with or get on the wrong side of. But how far back does it go with, 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 with you and the Barbarian? I mean, you're, you're, you're having guys come in that have, have had an impact and you have crossed paths with uh, in remember, your career. I remember when the Barbarian was called Tongan John, uh, King Conga. He came into Memphis. In about 1983 or 84, he had a great big mohawk. So we go back that far. And guys like that in the profession. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about, you know, bringing it back to Ohio, really kind of bringing it full circle for your pro wrestling career. And all the things, you know what? Yeah, and all the things. I mean, when you look about back at your career and the guys you worked in the ring with, I mean, you go back all the back to those days. I mean, you had to be so blessed to be involved in what was, you know, the territory years, and you got to see the kind of the downside yes. of them at the end. But boy, I mean, you talk about uh, when I see the guys that you've you've were able to sit under the learning tree of, like Fred, you know, like Bull Curry, uh, you Bob know, Fred Curry, Wild Bull Curry, yeah, 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 and Doctor Jerry Graham. Now, there's another guy that yes. uh, he's kind of gotten a new life uh, in the podcast circuit because a lot of people are starting to remember Doctor Jerry Graham. But you want to talk about guys that are been in. in early on in your formative days of your career to be able to be so blessed to be in that part of the country, but to also have uh, guys like that to, to reap and glean some knowledge from boy. I mean, your story is, is a great one for a, a pro wrestling book or something, just because you started with just those beginnings and you just moved onward and upward. Yes. Yes. And not a big guy in professional wrestling. You know, I'm about five, nine, five, ten. Just depends on what kind of day I'm having. And I wasn't a big giant in professional wrestling. Come from a small town, but I had the tenacity and I had the passion to to want to go and do and be. And like I said, uh, I faced so many top tag teams throughout it, whether it was the Sheep Herders in the barbed wire cage matches, the Midnight Express, uh, teams like John Tatum, Jack Victory. Uh, over in uh, Japan, we faced the uh, British Bulldogs and the Malenko brothers. Uh, and uh, then we had matches with Ted DiBiase and Dr. Death Steve Williams, which we don't talk about very often because a lot of times people remember the matches with the Midnight Express, both, both variations, whether it was Lever Boy Dennis and Beautiful Bobby or Sweet Stan and Beautiful Bobby. But the thing of it was, we faced a lot of great tag teams in professional wrestling, Tommy and I, and got a chance, like I said, to travel the, the, you know, all over the United States. And a lot of, a lot of people don't realize it, but when I was breaking it, breaking into business, I went up to Calgary, Alberta, Canada and wrestled for Stu Hart. And, uh, which was great learning experience with the different variations of wrestling worldwide. A lot of people don't realize it, but there would be guys from England that weren't wrestling for Stu Hart, guys from Japan, guys from Canada, of course, and this and that. So you got to learn a lot of different styles and a lot of different techniques, and I got a chance to learn there. So so I, I was truly blessed in every way to uh, face some of wrestling's great guys. And like you talked about, Dr. Jerry Graham, I ended up taking him home with me when I was 16 years old. And when I said I took him home and he stayed at my parents' house for a couple of weeks, and that was an education in itself. But I got a chance to meet a lot of the great guys that was either coming to the end of their career there during those, like you said, the days of the fading away of the territories and get a chance to see some of the young guys come along. So uh, I've been blessed in every way 
with a great career that I'm excited about that all comes to a culmination there May the 26th in Circleville. Mm -hmm. And people, I want to tell them they can go to World Classic Professional Big Time Wrestling. Go to look, look. Go to us on Facebook. I can't even say that. WCPBTW. I said at that time. There we without go. Without a smile, but uh, they can go to dot dot com. It'll redirect you to our Facebook page and all the information about the wrestling show that we're going to have in the Fan Fest. Like I said, all the wrestlers are excited about it. Flying Fred Curry. Everybody's excited about being a part of this great big historic card. And uh, I'm just thankful, sir, that you gave me time to come on your wonderful program. Oh, yeah. Get a chance to talk to everyone out there. And I thank you for your time you've given me today. I'm greatly appreciative. Oh, absolutely. 100%, Bobby. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's just like I'm, I'm looking back through your career and I'm kind of just amazed at just all the stops that you guys have made, whether you were in a singles. I mean, you were starting off, I mean, very young, but you had an, also an opportunity to work uh, with, you know, WWWF. I mean, you're learning and you're yeah. honing your tricks. But I want to talk about like working those early days uh, in, on those tapings back. You know, this was before everything became these big, uh, you know, arenas. And this it was more of the smaller base TV tapings. I mean, these were now legendary to, uh, to fans, uh, tape collectors and those who yeah. grew up with it. Let's talk about those experiences working uh, for, for the WWWF, the uh, Tri-WF, in, uh, with those Allentown and Hamburg tapings. Because we, Now, you get to see some right. of the stuff online, but take us in because you were very relatively new to the, to the pro wrestling business, but talk about yeah. how you were able to get your way in there and what kind of uh, how that feel, felt when you walked into the locker room. I mean, a guy that was still uh, learning and, and kind of figuring your way out through the business in those years. Yeah. And I'd read, you know, we used to go to the newsstands and we'd buy the magazines and I'd read about Bruno Sammartino and I'd read about the Valiant Brothers and Captain Lou Albano and guys like that. And then I finally got a chance to go into the dressing room there and do those TV tapings on a couple different occasions. And I would see all these guys, classic Freddie Blassett, you know, and I was just in total amazement. Stan Stasiak, Pedro Morales. All these guys that I've seen in the magazines now, I was seeing them. I, the Russian bear, Ivan Koloff, now I was seeing them, uh, you know, live and living color, getting a chance to meet them and wrestling them. Ivan Putsky, the, the man with the Polish power, and uh, Dick, Dick the Bulldog Brower, and uh, Johnny Rods, and so many other guys uh, that was there uh, wrestling at that time. Uh, like I said, Pat Patterson. There was uh, Abdullah Farouk, well, the Grand Wizard. He was Abdullah Farouk before that, but he was the Grand Wizard. I got a chance to meet and be with all these guys, and uh, it was just it was just answered prayer, actually. Answered prayer, and God blessed me, like I said, to go more, more than I ever, uh, you know, ever would have thought, and, uh, and everything. I was just truly blessed. Uh, to uh, meet these guys and wrestle them. And, and every time I wrestled somebody, I tried to pick up something because back then they didn't have wrestling schools. You were on the job training. You were learning on the job. And I would try to learn a little bit of that, and then I would try to patter, patter, pattern myself a little off this guy, a little off that guy, a little off this and that. And also I was just thinking one time when I was up there, Chief J. Strongbow, and Greg Dan Valentine was up there, and I think he broke Chief J. Strongbow's leg. 
and uh, stuff like that. But, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it was great, and uh, I was so excited to get a chance to live my boyhood dream. And not many people can say that, and I'm very thankful, you know. Mm -hmm. We're talking with the fantastic Bobby Fulton, who's going to be calling it a career here uh, in just a matter of days here, May 26th in Circleville, Ohio. He'll be uh, wrestling one last time against Nick Curry, third generation of Currys, uh, who will be managed by Flying Fred for the event. And we're kind of just looking back a little bit on Bobby's career and, uh, you know, I want to talk about, you mentioned some tag teams, and we talked about the Fantastics, uh, you, you, your longstanding team, the team that which a lot of people remember you for. But uh, one of those things that kind of gets remembered a little bit, kind of a footnote, was uh, some of the time you spent early on in your career in uh, Nashville with a guy uh, that ended up making his mint uh, in, in Texas and part of the southern part of the United States in Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, before there was a Bobby and a Jackie, which were legit brothers, you had another brother who went by the name of Don. Yeah. I'm talking about... Uh, time working yep. with, with yep. Eric Embry, a guy who that also did quite well in another federation you worked with, uh, Southwest Championship Wrestling. But let's talk about yep. how you found uh, and crossed paths with, with, with Eric and how this whole idea of, of the brother tag team before you actually teamed up with your legitimate uh, shoot brother. Well, what happened was Eric Embry and I had met. We were wrestling for a guy who was an outlaw promoter. By the, before the days of then, they called wrestling independent that wasn't affiliated with the major wrestling office and i met eric Embry there we had went down he was wrestling as don star we'd went to uh we'd went to uh down to nashville to wrestle for nick gullis and when we got there nick gullis said uh, the to people in tennessee like brother tag team so you're not don star anymore you're going to be your bob fulton of course you're going to be don fulton and uh you we, you became the fulton brothers we wrestled teams like the ricky and robert the Gibson brothers and people like that, you know, and uh, everything. So that's how they put this together. And what was it like working with, uh, you know, with, with Eric in, in the ring as a tag team and, and also just uh, taking another chance and working with just Nick Goulas in that the Nashville territory altogether? Yeah, well, Nick Goulas was a character in himself. We could write tons of books about him. <laughs> and uh, he was a, he was really something. He had, uh, he had, uh, <laughs> When me and Eric Embry got there, he said, you boys are what we call jabronis. And I thought it was a compliment because I didn't know any <laughs> of the wrestling lingo. I just knew how to get in the ring and wrestle somewhat. And uh, he was a character. We He had bought us some outfits, and we owed him money. The, he wasn't known to pay a lot of money, but he was part of the National Wrestling Alliance, and he was the president at one time or vice president. He had a lot of connections because he owned a lot of the – a lot of the territory there, you know, uh, as far as that goes. So, uh, and, uh, and wrestling, wrestling with Eric Embry, he was a phenomenal talent. And then later on when I wrestled against him, whether it was in San Antonio for Joe Blanchard or whether it was in world-class wrestling when he came to world-class and Tommy Rogers and I would face him. Uh, as a matter of fact, me and Eric had the first scaffold matches in Texas in San Antonio, and because of that scaffold match in San Antonio, Carlos Colon seen it and took it to Puerto Rico and put put people up on the scaffold, which, of course, the scaffolds, I think, originated out of Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee territory and uh, everything. So so I just, uh, you know, looking back on my career, uh, there's so many things I've been blessed with and so many opportunities, and I got to meet my heroes. 
and uh, they were everything I thought they was, would be. There were a lot of great people in professional wrestling, and uh, and I'm glad to come out of it. I really, really don't didn't don't have an didn't have an enemy. I mean, an enemy per se. And if you can come out of something, being in it 40 years, and not have really a lot of bad things to say about people, or I don't think too many bad things said about me. If anything's been bad said about me, it's that I stood up for the wrestling business. I wanted to be, I wanted to be legit. I wanted to be right. And if anybody had a problem with that, then I had a problem with that. I I love taking care of the wrestling business. The one thing the one thing that gets on my nerves is kind of off topic. But it's all this backyard wrestling that's going on and going around. These guys that's untrained that thinks they can go out and buy a pair of tennis shoes and a pair of shorts, and they call themselves a professional wrestler or a worker is the term. You know, we 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 were professional wrestlers that happened to work. We were not workers that happened to be professional wrestlers. So uh, so since I'm almost four, I'm almost going in my 41st year. I think I could go on a bit of a tangent and say this. To anyone out there that really likes wrestling, I like Major League Baseball, but that don't make me a baseball player. I like the NFL, but that don't make me an NFL player. I love to watch hockey, but but that don't make me a, a hockey star. So just because you like something doesn't mean you can participate in it and doesn't mean that you do it justice. There's so many people that's not doing it justice. And the term independent is, is not a great term. The term independent is a step down. So I, therefore, we don't, I don't refer myself and my company as an independent company, nor are we an outlaw. We're just non-affiliated. And that's my stand, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, brother. Well, I, I, I got to ask you, man. I mean, you talked about the independence, but what is your take on, on, on uh, today's uh, product, uh, you know, what, what the WWE has been putting out, per se, well, and, and the companies? I well, mean, wh- where is your stance on that as far as uh, being a professional wrestler and as a guy just observing it as well? Well, here's the deal. The wrestling that they do on, and the WWE that they do in their house shows and their TV shows are two different things. I think they're afraid because of the remote control that, that I'm afraid with the remote control that, that what happens is uh, they, you can change the channel so quick. So I think that's why now looking back at it, why Vince wants it like it is on television. But I like the product more. And it's, it's the, 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 the what we did. And, and I mean, because, look here, if people are talking about what we did 30 years ago and 20 years ago, they're talking about it now. Now, the people, are not, not a whole lot of people are talking about the product today. What will they be talking about 20 years from now? If they're not talking about the product today, will they be talking about it 20 years from now? That's the thing. I mean, it's it, food for thought, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. When you when you when you think about it, I mean, it goes into anything with uh, you know in, in what we call our how we get our entertainment. I mean, we've had I've had talks sure. with people about you know about how the big rock and roll tours. I mean, when you think about it, who of today sure. will you want to go see twenty five you know thirty years down the road like a That's Rolling right. Stones? That's who right. who is going to be there? Who is it? What kind of sustainability is there in the music industry? I mean, you can look into music nowadays and you can pick out the top five acts. Will you see? those guys 35 40 years down the road playing a 40,000 seat stadiums on yeah. a regular basis yeah. for like a summer tour or an international tour it's just it doesn't seem yeah. like we're laying foundation down anymore everything no. seems to be so no. temporary and we're suffering because of that scorched earth 
Well, and and Vince wants it that way. He don't want the idea. He don't want you to come to see Stone Cold anymore. He don't want you to come to see The Rock or Hawk no more. He wants you to come because the WWE's in town. You see what I'm saying? It's like the idea of Ringling Brothers, was, of course, is gone. No one would ever thought that. Ringling Brothers, Barnum & Bailey's gone. But you see, they, didn't, they, did, they, they wanted you just to come to see the show. Not anyone in particular. And wrestling's not geared like that. Wrestling is about personal issues and about the wrestlers. And when you start just marketing the idea that this wrestling's coming, that don't sell. That, that's not that's not that's not what they want because you want and some sizzle bobby you, with their feet you want some sizzle i mean back huh? in the day when you watch these that's shows right, that's, that's right, that's when right, you watch the right. tv shows you would have you know you would have these matches where now it's more of a tv product versus an arena product where you would have these sure. uh, these, these these big angles that would be shot through a television show sure. where most sure. of the time would be sure. would be supplemented with preliminary matches but the interviews and the thing was the way they sold you to get out to the arena was on the basis of these these grudge matches and you can go through any of the old territory videotapes and you can watch some of these upfront promos and they're selling you the passion of what the rivalry is what the grudge is if there's a championship on the line if somebody's going to be leaving town man or you know something like that they're giving Mm -hmm. you a reason to go there and the thing is yeah yeah and you've seen that yeah you've seen the ability of how things sold like that yep you can't argue with the success of WrestleMania, and I guarantee you probably 65 to 75 percent of the crowd is from another country. So people can, and you can't argue with the success of WrestleMania. I mean, Vince has done a tremendous job. But as far as just on a day to day, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can't argue with his money that he's made, but why not make more money? I mean, give more people a reason to, to come or more people a reason to talk. Think about back when Stone Cold was red hot. I walked down the street, I'd see 20 and 30 people walking around with Stone Cold Steve Austin t-shirts, bigger than anybody. I mean, bigger than anybody. And uh, they just, they're, just, they're just not marketing that way. The powers that be, I guess, don't want it that way. But it, it, it was a successful formula that worked for all the years and why they got away from it. That's why our wrestling company, we major on what Vince Miner's on. We major on the stuff that you and I just talked about. We minor. We don't have a we don't have a fireworks show because I could, we couldn't afford it, and 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 people just laugh at two sparklers coming out, and that's what a lot of the people do. They try to emulate what Vince does. I don't emulate what he does. I sell the sizzle. You understand? Absolutely. I sell the excitement. I sell the we we're selling the action pack stuff. The the passion. We're selling passion, and the people are coming out and packing the buildings when we do our events, and they're voting with their feet coming in and paying their hard-earned money, and they leave saying, man, we have seen something. And I had a school uh, principal, a friend of mine, uh, Jim Osborne, tell me not too long ago, he said, you see, these older people are bringing in their grandchildren. Now you're building residual business because one day those grandchildren will bring their grandchildren and say this is what my grandpa took me to this is what my father took me to this is what they took me to to see and it's a simple fact that that's what wrestling's all about and uh you know i'm just uh i'm just uh, excited to have been a part of the great history of professional wrestling 
And, and you, somewhere, if I've made a niche, then then I've you know fulfilled a dream that uh, people can you know talk about Bobby Fulton with a smile on their face or the fantastics and some of the matches that we had, whether it was with any of the territories as you said that are gone, but the idea that that uh, we're featured on the WWE Network and people can go and see us there and any of our matches hold up to anything today. I'm, I must say that. I mean, there's nothing that they could ever say, boy, that was lame or that was poor or that wasn't right. We were at 100% every time we stepped in the ring in any arena, whether it was in front of uh, 300 people, 3,000 or, or 30,000. It didn't matter to us. When we got in that ring, we meant business, and whoever we were wrestling, they were taken to task that they knew that they were going to wrestle hard that night when they faced the fantastic. And it's a true testament to you guys, uh, you know, through the years, uh, the, the stars of the, the 70s and the 80s, how you can still, you know, bring people out to the arena. You could still, like you said, bring the grandfather uh, with the grandchildren out there, how you can yeah. make that, that multi-general connection and, and, and be able to, like, still, you know, be able to thrive as a promoter, too, because I guess there's probably going to be yeah. a bit more of a balance here in the next, uh, a shifting of things maybe in the next 10, 15 years with some of these guys that, you know, the reality is, I mean, a lot of the legends are starting to get a little bit older, a little bit grayer every day. Hey, look, but when, you, I'm, when I'm, when I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you, but on May the 26th, I'm one less out there. You understand? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm one less out there now. Two weeks ago in Fort Mill, South Carolina, I wrestled twice on Friday and five times on Saturday. And I was still able to go. And I was still able to make that, to make that crowd stand up. And you know what? When you're able to make a crowd stand up, then you're able to do something. And I'm not telling you, telling you that to say I said stand up but through my wrestling abilities and through what they were watching, they stood up on their own and they clapped and cheered on their own. I wasn't over there like a maestro orchestrating them, so to speak, but I was doing it with my wrestling ability. And like I said, come May the 26th, I'm one less. I'm one less. Who's going to fill these shoes? Who's going to fill these shoes? That's the question to ask. Who's going to fill it? Is it going to be quality or is it going to be quantity? My thing is I'd rather have six great guys than 32 guys that couldn't even lace my boots, you know, uh, and that's the problem with it. And a lot of these guys that's got, you know, I tell them all the time, guys tell me, said, you, you, you should be out of the wrestling business. I'm talking about these backyard guys. And I tell them this, I said, guys, I've got more shower time than you got ring time if you do take a shower. And I said, the thing of it is you lack respect for people and anybody that lacks respect for the older guys, they have no business being in the professional wrestling business. You know, because it's always constantly reaching back, and that's what I'm doing on May the 26th. I'm reaching back to what I did in the 70s, wrestled Flying Fred Curry, but this time I'm wrestling Nick Kid Curry, who is a Naga champion, as I said, who is a collegiate wrestling champion, who is a uh, I was a high school wrestling champion. The guy's in shape. He's 21 years old. He's going to be facing a 57 year old man that's still ready to prove that I still can. And I still have it. Like I told you, if I wrestled seven times two weeks ago on May the 26th, I'm going to be so physical fit that it's going to be like Nick Curry's going to think he's had a wildcat, a tiger, and a lion all at the same time, all about him there. And he'll probably be crying for his daddy flying Fred to help him out of the ring when it's all said and done. I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to be kidding around. It's going to be business as usual for Bobby Fulton. I'm going to wrestle it as if it was my very first match 
back in Clarksburg, West Virginia in 1977, but it takes place 2018, May the 26th, right there in Circleville, Ohio. And, sir, listen, I'm going to jump off here right now at this time. i got some other stuff to do. i got a couple of fans here standing. They've been listening to me talk. I'm going to sign a couple autographs, take a couple of pictures. But on May the 26th, I want them all to come out to Circleville, Fairgrounds Coliseum, get on WCP, and that's P as in Paul, World Classic Professional, big-time wrestling. Brother, thanks for having me for the third time, and I'm so excited about this opportunity. And everyone with an earshot of my voice, I'm going to say a special hello. And it's not goodbye, but it's so long until the next time. God bless you. Hey, thank you so much, Bobby Fulton, for taking some time out of your schedule. For Bobby Fulton, I'm Glenn Brockett. You've been listening to Wrestling Memories.